You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the fourth I Am statement made by Jesus in the New Testament. This time he says, I am the good shepherd. This is the most tender of all the I am statements, and that's because it reveals God's nature and who he is to us. Roger Campbell says this, as the bread of life he satisfies, as the light of the world he sanctifies, as the door he saves, and as the good shepherd he reveals his character. So time to look at Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Remember, Jesus is highlighting to all his audience, I am, which is God's name. So he's effectively saying, I am God. So this is God, the Good Shepherd, as seen through Jesus. So let's read together. Just where we left off when we talked about I am the door, in John chapter 10, and we're going to start at verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me. And I know the sheep and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. So this is Jesus speaking in prophetic imagery. How anyone can fail to see that he is God is absolutely beyond me, especially as Calvary unfolds. Jesus is again using imagery well known to the people he was speaking to. Everyone knew shepherds and what they did every day. They knew some people owned the sheep they cared for, while others were employees, hired hands, and any sign of trouble they would run for it. After all, who's going to stay to face a wolf intent on stealing sheep if they don't actually own the sheep and have vested interest in making sure none are lost? But of course, the hired hands Jesus is speaking about are the Jewish leaders. Remember, they have just proved their thinking by throwing out of the temple and banning him from coming back in the blind beggar man, blind all his life and now healed by Jesus and they're banning him because their made-up rules have been broken. 
God gave man a Sabbath day off work so he had time to rest after a hard week of work, not to bind him in rules about what he could or couldn't do, but to care for him and look after him. Jesus saw the need of the man and he healed him. He gave him back his sight. Remember, these Jewish leaders were the ones who were in charge of the flock of Israel. They were charged with helping and supporting the people, but they've got it sorely wrong. And Jesus spells that out to them. He says, they don't own the sheep, so they run and leave them to their own devices whenever they need something. On the other hand, here we have Jesus contrasting himself to those men. He's already called them thieves and robbers, and now he adds hired hands to his accusations. So there's a huge amount to learn from these few verses, and I would like to do that in three points this morning. The first is, as a good shepherd, Jesus reveals his character, who he is. Secondly, as the good shepherd, Jesus reveals his care. Wow. And thirdly, as the good shepherd, Jesus reveals his cross. He came with purpose. He came to die for our sins. Thank you, Lord. So first of all, Jesus names himself good. Now, if you have a think about what good actually means, it's, it, it means intrinsically right, beautiful and fair. And this is God saying, I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. I'm intrinsically right. I am beautiful. I am fair. So this is Jesus revealing his character through this statement. People knew what a shepherd did. There were shepherds all around them all the time in Jesus' time. Some of the greatest people named in the Old Testament were shepherds by occupation. We, th we think about it as maybe quite a lowly occupation, but it was never thought so in Old Testament times. Abel, right at the start of Genesis, was a shepherd. The patriarchs were all shepherds. Moses, the great leader of the Jewish nation, shepherded his father-in-law's sheep. That was his job. And even King David began life as a shepherd, one who never ran away from any danger for his sheep, including giant Philistines. But shepherding is a hard and demanding life, and people knew that. There were costs to shepherding. First Samuel tells of David wanting to face Goliath, and he had to explain to King Saul what his job as a shepherd entailed. He was a young man, but he had experience of dealing with shepherding. And verse 34 of 1 Samuel says, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. So that's telling us he's not a hired hand. His father is the owner, so he has vested interest. And David goes on, When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. You know, throughout the Bible, God's people are compared to sheep. And my good friend Warren Wearsby has said this comparison is really good because, listen, 
He says, sheep are clean animals, unlike pigs or dogs. Now, for un our uh, non-Jewish minds, that, that maybe takes a little bit of thinking about. And he goes on, they are defenceless and in need of care of the shepherd. They are, to use Wesley's phrase, prone to wander and must be searched for and brought back to the fold. Sheep are peaceful animals, useful to the shepherd. Thank you, Warren. Sheep need a shepherd in order to survive. They're not meant to be solitary animals. You don't get a lot of sheep on, on their own. And, and really, they don't make it on their own. But Jesus here is describing himself as the good shepherd. He's not just a shepherd, so he's not just a hired hand. He's, he's not going to run away at the first sign of danger. He's the good shepherd. Remember we said good meant intrinsically right, beautiful and fair. I looked in the dictionary for another meaning and it's this, that which is morally right or righteousness. I'm sure there's many other um, descriptions of good, but Jesus is all these things for his sheep. He is good. He's intrinsically good. He's the good shepherd and was known as that down through the Old Testament. Listen to Isaiah 40 and verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. Or turn with me to Ezekiel 34 and verse 11. I really want you to hear this. So listen and I'll read it to you. So again, starting at verse 11. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they're scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out of the nations and gather them from their countries and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines, and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. They, then there will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in the rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and make them lie down, declare, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost, and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. He is good through and through. No matter what meaning you come up for, for good, he is good through and through. Nahum 1 verse 7 says, The Lord is good. A refuge in times of trouble, he cares for those who trust him. Remember the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and asked him in Matthew 19, verses 16 and 17, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to, to enter life, obey the commandments. 
So what does he mean when he calls himself the Good Shepherd? Well, he's saying he is God. He's revealing his deity again. We see Jesus titled as Christ the Shepherd three times in the New Testament. He's the Good Shepherd here in John chapter 10. He's the Great Shepherd risen for the sheep in Hebrews 13 and verse 20. And he's the Chief Shepherd coming for his sheep in 1 Peter 5 verse 4. So we see as the Good Shepherd, God in Jesus reveals his character, who he is for us. My second point is that as the Good Shepherd, Jesus reveals his care for his sheep. It's there in our chapter, John 10, verses 14 and 15. He knows his sheep by name. Now, this doesn't just mean an intellectual awareness. It's far more. It speaks about an intimate relationship between God and his people. Hallelujah. He wants to have an intimate relationship with us. Eastern shepherds know their sheep personally. We were discussing this some time ago in Anne Reed's Bible study for the ladies. These shepherds named their sheep, often by some quirky feature. So their names were nicknames. They might be Blackface or Bandy Legs or Spotty, for instance. The shepherd knew everything about his sheep and he knew best what to do for them. Do you know, Jesus did the same with his disciples. He talks about the sons of thunder for James and John. And, and he gave a, a new name to uh, Simon when he called him Peter. Anne and I had a little laugh as we thought about what nickname Jesus might call us by. But I'm so glad he knows my name and he knows your name. Read through the New Testament. Jesus never stopped and asked anyone, what's your name? He knew Zacchaeus hidden up in the sycamore tree. But when Jesus had risen and was in the garden when Mary came, she thought he was a gardener until he spoke her name. We might get lost in the world systems, but he will never forget your name. And you know, he calls you by name. We know when he's speaking to us because he calls us by name. And you know what? He also knows our natures, knows exactly what we're like, knows those quirky parts of our characters that Maybe even sometimes we wish people didn't see. Sheep are all alike in their essential nature. They're sheep, but they all have distinctive traits. And the shepherd, the good shepherd, recognises these. He'll consider these needs as he shepherds his flock. And Jesus is exactly the same. Sometimes we don't know what we need, but he always knows what we need. Psalm 23 is a beautiful, poetic picture of how the Good Shepherd cares for his sheep. And Warren Wearsby suggests we connect Psalm 23, verses 1 and 6. And if we do that, we get, I shall not want all the days of my life. Now that's a promise to lay hold of. No matter what we're going through, we can hold on to that. I shall not want all the days of my life. Those of us who know him know the truth of this. As a shepherd cares for his sheep, he gets to know the sheep better. And you know what? The sheep get to know him. 
as sheep, we get to know Jesus better by listening to his voice. And how do we do that? Well, we read scripture, we pray, we listen as we pray for his still small voice keeping us right. We know when he's speaking to us. We learn to love him and we learn that we can always trust him. When it was getting to the time when Jesus knew he would leave this world and return to his father, we read in John 13 verse 1, Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of that love. You know, he's a God who really cares for his people. The fold he talks about, of course, is Judaism. But it was never God's intention to have Israel only. So a favourite word of mine is but. And we read it here, but there's another fold. And that fold is the Gentiles. That's you and me. In Jesus' early ministry, he concentrated on the lost sheep of Israel. Everyone else was outside the covenant of Israel. But the church was not to remain a Jewish fold. It was to be a flock of sheep made up of Jews and Gentiles. But the true and stated goal, both in the Old Testament and throughout Jesus' ministry on earth, is to the whole world. Another favourite commentator of mine is Selwyn Hughes, and he says of Ephesians 2 and 13, Peter writes sensitively to the Gentile converts in Ephesus, reminding them that although they were once alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, now, through the blood of Christ, they are God's children and part of a new humanity where divisions no longer exist and where the redeemed are one in Christ Jesus. Galatians 3 and 28 says there's one flock, the people of God who belong to the good shepherd who cares for them and loves them. Jesus constantly brought the missionary message he had left heaven for. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't our God good? A, a portion of scripture we know extremely well is John 3.16, but I have to tell you it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever, whoever believes in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus divided custom and witness to the Samaritan woman. He refused to defend the exclusiveness approach of the Jewish leaders who were not even shepherding the Jewish people. He died for a lost world, for you and for me, those on their way to hell, because he is the good shepherd, caring for his sheep. And that takes me on to my final point. As the good shepherd, Jesus reveals his cross. In verse 15, he's very clear. I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is speaking now, knowing what lay ahead of him. The cross with all its suffering and shame. His voluntary death was followed by victorious resurrection. From a human point of view, it appeared Jesus was executed, hung on a cross until he was dead. But from a divine point of view, Jesus laid down his life willingly. When Jesus cried on the cross, it is finished, 
He then voluntarily yielded up his spirit to the Father. John 19 and 30. So amazing that a good man would die for us. But that is not the end and would mean nothing were it not now for what happened three days later when he voluntarily took up his life again and arose from the dead, having dealt once and for all with the last problem of death itself. Jesus doing this brought salvation for those outside of Judaism. Jews and Gentiles need salvation and Jews and Gentiles can have it through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Romans 10 and 12 says, For there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Our good shepherd revealed his cross because it was always the Father's plan to bring eternal life for his sheep, Jew and Gentile. He now securely holds his sheep and guarantees the future of his sheep. So what about his listeners that day when he proclaimed himself to be the Good Shepherd? Well, the Jews were divided again. Jesus had just proclaimed himself, I am the door. And now he's saying, I am the Good Shepherd. Listen, a door divides because it shuts some people in and some people out. Jesus is the Good Shepherd. And a shepherd has to separate the sheep from the goats as well as those who are his and those who are not. As Warren Wearsby has said, it is impossible to be neutral about Jesus Christ for what we believe about him is a matter of life and death. Friends, he cannot be ignored. You're either in his flock or you're not. There's no advantage to you to not be in it. Jesus, the good shepherd, God gives his all for his sheep. He cares for them and he lays down his life for them. Isn't it good to know that we're in the flock of Jesus? To know we are cared for by a good shepherd who just loves us because he does, not because of anything we've done, but just because he loves us. If you're not in the fold, we can help you come in. Just get in touch with us. If you do, remember, he is looking to you to share with others and bring them into the flock too. So, Amen. Have a great week, Riverview.